Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the fall of 1987, four men find themselves reunited with childhood friends for the first time in ten years. They are drawn together by the mysterious death of a mentor they all cared for together as children. World of Darkness, The Ultimate Evil is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game that takes place in Bismarck, North Dakota and is inspired by the satanic panic of the 1980s. Remembrance is the first story arc that follows Alex, played by Adam B., Wayne, played by Adam C., Che, played by Andrew, and Michael, played by Slavic, as they discover the mysteries that surround them in their hometown. If you would like to contact us, you can reach us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. You're heading to the state library there, Wayne. So before we continue, and I'm not trying to say that you have to do this with this role, Wayne, but I'm just telling the group, and people may already know this, but one thing that I like about New World of Darkness compared to Old World of Darkness is the willpower system. I just, I mean, there's whatever. I'm not going to say one's better than the other, but I do like the fact that spending one willpower gives you three additional dice to roll when you're trying to do something. You know what I mean? And I, th- I kind of like that concept because I feel like sometimes willpower can be a little bit exploited. You know what I mean? And, and, and classic World of Darkness. So you're riding your, uh, your, your, your ran down car to the Capitol grounds. Again, to describe it, huge area that's square in shape that has a tall Capitol building. That's like, it's actually the tallest Capitol building in the United States. It's like 36 stories tall, I believe 36. It has, it's made of like a grayish concrete. Uh, and there's smaller, I guess, Roman architecture that you kind of see when it comes to like the state library. And then you have the Heritage Center, which is a larger museum where actually Che works at. That's a little bit more modern looking, 80s design, architectural looking, because it was actually opened in the 70s. So you're, but what's really kind of cool is when you walk towards that, you have to walk like on concrete walkways that are about 15 feet wide, almost like 15 feet wide sidewalks that kind of cut through like lush, well taken care of manicured green grass. You know what I mean? We see like people flying kites and stuff like that. It's kind of fall now. So it's a little bit brisker. I would say it's about 65 degrees, you know, 70 degrees, you know, like we have to wear like a long sleeve, maybe a fall jacket, but you occasionally see someone like with a blanket, uh, you know, reading a book or something to that extent. Like, like people like to flock to this area for a sense of relaxation. As you're walking there, you kind of see people who work in these buildings, especially the Capitol buildings, people like in suits or stuff like that kind of may be walking opposite direction as you, especially probably going to lunch at this moment because you're kind of heading towards the library during a lunch area. No one really gives you any second glance, to be honest with you, because so many people that are in this area are usually busy doing things, you know. You, you come up to the area of the state library, which in its front looks like your typical Roman slash whatever themed architecture that you see with the pillars. You know what I mean? There's like five pillars and there's like like three sets of like six steps or seven steps. You know what I mean? Where you walk and it's flat, then you walk and it's flat. And you get to, you go up to where there's these actually sliding glass doors at like kind of motion detection. And so you walk through and as you walk through, you get into this little entryway. Then there's another one and you walk through and you kind of just are overtaken by the smell of books. But you kind of like catch the swift if there was any smell that could be assigned to that, this would be the smell, you know, that you feel. And you see a kind of like a walk-up area 
where there's a desk and you see that there's a, a lady that looks to be in her forties or fifties who, uh, you know, who's sitting there just doing little busy work behind the stamping books. You know, they have the stamps with the stamp and the cards in the back, closing them, putting them on a cart. And, uh, you look to your left and right and you just kind of see, uh, that the library is rather big. You can see kind of like their study area desks where people are at. There's one of those new awesome Xerox machines that are kind of like the thing now where you you can like use a quarter, make a copy of a book or something to that extent. And then you see more books, shelves of books that come along. You see a Dewey decimal card system where you can go and look up stuff. But right now, like this lady is probably like the, and you see like ask questions, you know, feel free to ask questions sign that kind of hangs above the desk that she is at. So, all right, go ahead. Okay, so inside the library, I'm going to kind of be looking around, feeling probably a little bit out of my element um, because I'm just a gas station guy who works at the trailer park. I don't really find myself in here too often. Definitely. Um, it's a little overwhelming. So I'm probably going to walk up to the uh, the desk or um, whatever. Yeah, the- yeah, like a desk and um, tell her that I'm interested in uh, looking at some microfilm. Yeah, and she looks up. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um- Come with me. And she kind of puts a sign like, you know what I mean? Be back in five minutes. And she's walking towards you. And this lady's kind of like exuberant a little bit. And you find that in a way that it matches, you know, like the the, kind of like the newfound motivation that you've had where she kind of has like a, she has a sweater on that, that kind of has like fall colors to it. And she has like these like fall color slacks, like brown slacks. And she's got like a curly perm and like thick glasses. And but she's kind of like always smiling and full there. And she's like, so um, what brings you to the library? What are you trying to look up? And she kind of like you following her as she walks along. Um, well, I'm doing a. Uh, it's kind of like a. I'm 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 helping somebody with like a family tree kind of project, and I wanted to uh, see if I could um, look into a, a, a my family name. It's a Welkstetter. Welkstetter, you're a Welkstetter, really? And she kind of walks along. Are you from out of state or something, or out of town? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, well, come along. Yeah, she's like, I don't know if anyone's ever told you, and you're following as she's walking. And she's like, you're like having a hard time catching up with her, and she keeps looking back, and she even walks a little backwards and has this, like, keen ability to, like, avoid, like, running into things. And, you know, that, this is how this discussion is going on. She's like, like, yeah, you're I, I, I don't, you're probably a distant relative, but the Wellstater family is a pretty well-known family around here. Matter of fact, it's kind of sad, but, um, well, like, the kind of the head of the family – uh, died in a car accident. I think it was like a few months ago. She, and you guys, you walk up to like where there's two like pulling glass doors and you can kind of see these like where there's like these like overhead readers and you see kind of people like sitting looking at them and you can kind of just see them like hit a button and, and when you walk in you hear the like when they hit a button like a sound like it goes to the next roll. You kind of just hear that sound as like different people. It's like, yeah, uh, Calvin Welkstetter, he's like, well, well, here, hold on a second. She's like, have a seat. And she kind of motions. There's a desk where you got to like sign in to use one of them. And she sits at the other and she's like, what do you, do you know anything about your family? Like a uh, Welkstetter's here in Bismarck? You don't know anything, do you? Oh, well, I mean, I know some stuff, uh, you know, it's more of just, uh, me, uh, I need to just try to get, um, the like specifics of facts, dates, stuff like that. It's for a, um, a, a thesis project. Okay, well, um, here, here's what I'll do. And she's like, I'm going to go get you the role that has the story about the car accident. And, and then I'll get you the role that has – I'll get the issue of the Bismarck Tribune that has the obituary and the story of his car accident. And if you, and then we can take it from there, okay? And, uh, and then, you know, I'm, this is fun. She's like, this is fun. Like, we're going to – 
you're going to get all these answers and I get to help you with that. That's awesome. She's like, let me go back and get it. And she's like, and she flips it like a flips a board here. Just go ahead and sign your name. Uh, put your, uh, the date here, uh, put your time there and I'll go back and grab the rolls. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you helping me with this. Oh, no problem. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. I'm a family tree person myself. I absolutely adore it. I love it. We'll talk about that more when you find out. Maybe you might want to start one, and I can give you some advice on how to. And you see her, she, like, disappears behind a door, and then she comes back about, like, 15 minutes later. She has these two rolls. She, like, pulls out these rolls out, like, about, like, you know, this wide, circular, about an inch thick, and she kind of motions towards you. She takes you to a desk where there's one of these things, like, okay, this is how it is, and she tells you how to put the roll in. And you figure out when it comes up, it'll take like the first page of a story. You know what I mean? And you can actually like use the little, the, the system to kind of zoom in a little bit on a story if you want to. So you can focus on the story more, if that makes sense. You know, you can move the screen around. Is it, it's like a dial, right? You kind of. Yeah, I think it's like a dial. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you're looking through. So let's go ahead and talk about what you find. So the first one is you find out, uh, you find the story of car accident. You find out basically as you're looking through, you find out that Calvin Welkstetter, who is kind of was looked at like the head of the family, uh, died and uh, uh, at a car accident about six months ago towards the end of winter. It was like kind of like the last remnants of winter were left over, and uh, it's believed that he hit some black ice where he spun off the road and his, and his car hit a tree, which led to his death. Uh, you find out that the Welkstetter family is is uh, uh is kind of was a huge ranching slash farming family around the founding of Bismarck. That's where they made most of their money in, but there was a dam that was built in the area called the Garrison Dam that led to farmlands to be irrigated, meaning that this land then could end up being built, have buildings built upon it instead of having to be farmland. And that in the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, the Welkstetter family under the tutelage of Calvin Welkstetter was able to make a huge profit. One example being they had the, the one of the only malls in Bismarck built, the Kirkwood Mall, which sold for $40 million when they sold it in 1984. They owned a lot of real estate in the area. Welkstetter at one time had was married to a Miranda Welkstetter, but they got a divorce in 1979. And then you see a picture of the Welkstetter family on the bottom. Give me a wits and composure roll. One, two, uh, re-roll the 10. <laughs> re-roll oh. the 10. Okay, three successes. Cool. All right, sweet. So as you're reading it, the, the, the story, you see a picture down below. And, and you see underneath, you know, it says like the Welkstetter family, 1979, left to right. You see this lady. She kind of, she looks to be about maybe in her 40s, distinguished kind of has that natural and I, I, I don't want to say, but you know, sometimes you can look at people's facial structures and you could be like, yeah, they're from like a, a fucking holiday in the Hamptons kind of Kennedy family, you know, has a, a nice wardrobe that, that speaks of not only being educated, but cultured, which is, which is you're looking at this like, man, I only see shit like this on TV. You know, when you see her like that, like on dynasty or on Dallas, which were all the bad back then you see a picture of a guy. Named, uh, then you see, it says Calvin Welkstead and you're sitting there and, you see he has his arm around like her waist a little bit and he's wearing like a really nice suit. Of course this is all black and white so you can't like really see colors but you see that he has like a nice dark dark blondish hair. You can imagine mind you you look at black and white, you know, you're trying to equate has a very well trimmed mustache, slender, looks athletic built, but looks like he could be in his 30s or 40s. And then you see someone standing next to him who has like blonde hair. It's kind of like parted on the side. 
little bit longer, kind of in a bowl cut. And you're like, holy shit, dude, that's, that's that Charlie Dunn guy. That's like, and, and, but on the bottom, you see it says Charles Welkstetter. And then you look at the next reel for the autopsy. You look over the autopsy and you, you're seeing pretty much like what I, what I said before. And as you're looking at the autopsy part, the lady comes up to you. She almost scares the shit out of you because you're sitting there like, what the fuck? And then you're hey, and you're like, you pop your head up. And she's like, hey, I, th- I think I found, and she's like, there, I found a, uh, another, actually, it's in print, a Bismarck Tribune that's kind of talking about the Welkstetter family, too, if you would like to look at it. Yes, definitely. Thank you. I love yeah, that yeah. look. And she kind of, like, she sets it down, like, because there's, like, a little, like, table to where if you had, like, a notepad and were writing something down, you could set it down while looking. And she kind of sets it down there, and she walks off. Yeah, I'm going to give that one a look. So you're looking at it, and you're and you've seen that it says trouble in the Welkstetter estate is like, and it's all like on the second page. Sorry, just really quick, uh, what is the date from? Like, what is this Tribune from? We'll say like a month ago. So we'll say okay, uh, yeah. We'll say like August of 1987. You know, as you're uh, looking at the story, you're seeing that there's actually some issues now going on between the inheritance between his ex-wife Miranda Welkstetter, who said she had prenuptial agreement saying she was she had rights to a certain percentage how a group that represents the interests of the Welkstetter family to include Charles Welkstetter are kind of fighting her against that you know but then also there's words that how her ranch which was really popular at the time where Calvin Welkstetter lived which is a 30,000 acre ranch that's in southern Bismarck south of Bismarck uh, has recently gotten foreclosed on due to debt and they're saying that uh, you know in, in gist of it maybe that the image of the Welksteaders having abundance wealth may have been a facade you know what i mean that more is coming out and, and that's kind of where it leads off at that so here's what we'll do i kind of always handle like investigation shit like this where i've given you like a gist now if you have any questions you can ask me we can start rolling and see you know what i mean like if you find anything out if you want to or or, or if this is good enough this is good enough you know i don't want you to feel you have um to. so like if i so I know it's like – it's not like you could obviously just like punch in a name to Google or whatever like you can mm-hmm. nowadays. So if I wanted to find out like specifically about like Charles Welkstetter or specifically about like Miranda Welkstetter, I would have mm-hmm. to like know like a date or something to be like a point of reference, right, for like when they're going to pop up. Yeah, yeah, you can try and you would have to like spend like, you know, like – you know, you're thinking, okay, around here they're talking about her, around the death, maybe we look, you know what I mean, at certain parts of the paper. You know what I'm saying? Like certain – there's a lot of this, you know, oh, looking for stuff. Yeah, over, you know I, think I, mean? I'm, I think I'm I'm pretty good with what I got. Uh, I definitely want to yeah. tell them about – tell the group about a lot of this stuff, um, especially okay. since I've seen a picture of uh, Charlie Dunn – or Charlie Welkstetter, rather. Yeah, I know yeah. that there's definitely this connection now. So I think I'm satisfied with that. We'll say you spent like the last three or four hours. You know what I mean? Just kind of like three hours. Outside. We'll cut to Che. Che, you wake up. You you hear this voice message that he's going to be at the state library looking into this Welkstetter stuff. Okay. Um, I guess I'll I'll check up with him later. Um, and uh, in the meantime, I will do like my you know morning routine, going out for a jog and all that kind of stuff. Come in. The first thing that I am going to prioritize is I want to see if there's any um, things that I can check up on myself, you know, cause I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm kind of like restless, you know, he just, he, he wants uh, to do this, but nothing's happening. And so you want to see uh, if you can like investigate anything on your own. 
yeah, yeah. I want to I want to try and look into um, one of these leads myself. And the last thing I remember, um, there was uh, there was a guy that uh, this Charles Welkstetter, but in character I don't know. So my whole goal is like I was going to look into this person specifically. This one. so I was uh, I was wanting to look into that right without uh, who he is and everything like that. Yeah, find that guy because uh, uh, so far we haven't really uncovered a lot about him. Yeah, and so I was going to well, like look into like phone books. Um, we could do that. Definitely. Here's the thing. How about this? We'll say, uh, you could look into phone books and if you, um, and if you have no luck there that you could probably head to the library. Cause you know, that's where, you know what I mean? That's where Wayne is at right now doing kind of the same thing. It yeah, would be, yeah, uh, I kind of do a little bit on my own first. You look in the phone book for Charlie Dunn and, and, and there's no names that come up for, for Charlie Dunn. Uh, unfortunately, not to be a jerk face, but even Michael tried to look up like police records or anything on him uh, at the station and it had no luck. Yeah, last session. But one thing while you're one thing that I want to deal with with your character was during your morning jog, if we can go back to that, would you have, would you have an oh, issue if we yeah. do? So while you're running for your morning jog, you're kind of like getting into that spot where you're, you're, you're growing into the rhythm with your footsteps, almost getting like hypnotized with it. To where you're, you're you're slowly becoming introverted, meaning uh, I have that happen to me. Some people call it runner's high. Sometimes you know where it's just like you're breathing like a self hypnosis in a way. And as you're running along these streets, you notice out of the corner of your eye, and for a second, it's it's almost like it almost tripped you up to where you almost like tripped and fell. The woman that you had a dream of, and and you see her where she's kind of like leaning against a tree and. She's like watching you as you run. You know what I mean? Like you're catching, like almost like imagine you're running and you're like looking out of the corner of your eye and, and you look to see it. And you see her for a little bit and you see like the wind blows and her hair is like coming across her face like that. Like almost like, you know, where like they're all, women are always trying to look long hair and you see her fi- fixing her hair and, and you can see that she's looking like right at you. Like, you know, when you're running in the sweat and the breeze hits your sweat and you kind of get cold, but it's almost like if someone turned on like a fucking shop size industrial blower on you like that like the cold you know what i mean like you get this goosebumps that just like break out all over your body as she's standing there looking at you and as when you kind of like close your eyes and try to focus again you kind of notice that like she's gone that there's no one standing there like maybe there was someone there and they moved or like like you saw something and there's nothing there like like there's no way that someone could have possibly been like haha like around the tree and maybe we can even say like you know you stopped and you're like what the fuck and you went to go you know what i mean i'll I'll look around if i don't see her all of a sudden just kind of take better she's she's not there at all feel this weird like you smell this while you're while you're standing there by the tree and you're looking around you you smell that 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 smell of like of, of like sex again you know what i mean like like in a way uh, uh, that you smelled in the shower that you had like a faint smell of, you know, uh, that you, that you smelled with her. And, and it's weird. And you're overcome with like the sense of melancholy and you don't understand where this is coming from. Cause usually you're not the type. I mean, to be honest, I picture Che to be like the strong silent type, but like you're, you're hit with this wave of melancholy, man. And you don't like, like you almost want to cry, but it's, but it's this like, um, you, you don't know if it's cause you're running or cause of the fucking stress, you know what I mean? Of all this shit or everything, but you have like this sense of like yearning that like you had something ripped away from you. Almost like, yeah, like, like if this would have been a real person, you know what I mean? Who, who now is no longer you anymore, you know, like someone you were in love with that was just ripped away from you. I'm going to jump to Alex while you're kind of ingest what happened there real quick. All right, Alex, you wake up, you, uh, 
have this horrible nightmare again. But this time it's like, it's a weird, intense, it's not like horrific, like the Jay Bishop with the blood and, and the, the intensity of the eyes. But this one's more almost like that sense you had from when Brian Eagle definitely made you feel threatened. But it's like intensified. And you can't remember the, the, the images of the dream, right? You can't remember the what happened in the actual dream, but you just fucking waking up and you just feel like threatened. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Scared by like, like, yeah. like almost like, like there's some, you know, that's just, it's a, that's how you wake up feeling. That's how your day is being started there. Yeah, Alex will probably freak out a little bit at that, like jump out of bed, trip on the sheets, end up face planting into the wall as he goes tangled up with his blankets, cursing in English and Russian. God, what the? Uh, f- the re- God damn it! <laughs> as you as you uh, uh are like untangling yourself from the sheets, you notice you look up at your clock and you see like it's in a crazy later than you normally. You know what I mean? It's like two in the afternoon. Like you slept and slept in. You know what I mean? Like, but your sheets are just soaked with sweat. Just like you're you're, you're like pretty much. And you look at your bed. And you just see like obviously you fell off. You know what I mean? But like your covers are all strewn apart, and you just feel like horrified in a way because it's like a it's a sense of unknown you know it's a sense of of uh of lack of control and that's kind of like what you're feeling right now okay uh as he disentangles himself and stands up he'll be like oh he'll shiver involuntarily you hear a knock on your door alex alex you all right uh in russian he'll respond yeah yeah i'm fine i just uh fell out of bed you want uh, you, it's really late. It's really late. Where are your nice friends, Michael? Why aren't you with your nice friends? I was with them last night. She's like, can I open the door? You need privacy. You still need privacy? Uh, hold on. And he'll grab a pair of tidy whities <laughs> and put them on. Grab his pants. And put them on. <laughs> okay, okay. As, as come in. She opens the door and you see her eyes get wide looking at the streets says, Michael, are you Michael? And she walks up to you and she puts like the back of her hand on your, reaches up and tries to put the back of her hand on your forehead. She's like I'll, feeling I'll for of, a fever. I'll, I'll try to catch her hand before she gets it up there. I'm fine, mama. I'm fine. You sweat. That's this. She, she's speaking in Russian. You're sweating. Like what is with these sheets? Too many blankets, I guess. I don't know. I got all She's like, looks at the hell out of bed. Did your father turn up the heater again? I tell him in America, not everything is in abundance like he thinks. Nah, it's, it's okay, in America, we could have our heat on all the time. And, I t- and she's just like totally like walking out the room, ignored your, it's okay, mom. You know, I tell him, you know, like this is not the old world, but still we, we got to be, you know, it costs money. Just walks off as she's walking down the, the hallway. Alex will roll his eyes and set about to make in the bed. Wayne, did you call him too, or did you just call Che? Um, I actually just called Che. Gotcha. I was going to call Mike, but then I, I just called Che. All right. Uh, after Alex gets up, he'll uh, stumble over to the shower after making his bed. He'll take a quick rinse, get himself dressed, sit down, and start rummaging through the fridge to see if there's anything available to eat. Yeah, you you find that there is. You actually, as you're digging through the fridge, you see that your mo- that your mom actually is getting in her car. You're like looking through the you you open the fridge. And you you get some like you find she left like a sandwich that she made for you and as you're pulling the plate out you kind of turn around and look and you kind of see through a window in the living room you see her mom getting in her car you know doing her thing she's probably going to do errands as you're sitting uh, alone in your house and you just hear the tick tock tick tock tick tock tick tock 
And with that TikTok, as you said, trying to eat your sandwich, you just it make it's not intensifying it, but it's making that threatening feeling linger. You know, t- starts to grade on him. T- He'll eat the yeah, sandwich yeah. as quickly as possible, and then he will uh, get up and leave and try to catch a bus over to the main. We'll cut back to Mike. You've gotten off work. Alex, you are at the main. Che, you've been looking. You were trying to look into the Charlie Dunn stuff, trying to find what you could about Charlie Dunn, but also dealing with like you're you're like literally. I can't I can't even like explain. I'll try to explain like this, right? When I was 13 years old in real life, when I was 13 years old, I watched Pretty Woman one time when I wasn't supposed to. I watched a double feature. I snuck into well, it was arachnophobia. This was PG-13, and I stayed over for Pretty Woman. Real, real life, right? It was actually in Bismarck. I like hid under the seat after arachnophobia was done with my friends, thinking we're gonna have to wait like 10 minutes until they start Pretty Woman. But they end up starting Pretty Woman right away, so we popped out and we were able to watch like an R-rated movie without like getting dinged for it. And I fell absolutely batshit in love with fucking watching that movie. I like literally had like the world's biggest crush on Julia Roberts, man. I don't know if it was the hooker gone right story. I don't even think I knew what a hooker was then. But all I knew is like I was madly in love with Julia Roberts, man. And Flatliners came out, like like was coming out not too long ago. And I was supposed to go see Flatliners with my friend. And his mom was going to drive us. And his mom's car broke down. And I had this worse sense of, like, I was missing out, like, on the love of my life. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to, like, I never even thought about, like, I could go watch it another day. Or, like, it would come out on VHS. Like, I just felt like my heart was ripped out of my chest. And, like, I just, like, you know, I was, like, literally, like, sad, man, you know, in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like you in a way, I would say, you're, I don't want to say that's how Che will feel but it's definitely like feeling you're feeling that bashing against the wall of your internal fortitude if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah i imagine that uh okay in this moment he's kind of like i said frustrated i was he wants to he wants to resolve things but we're not resolving anything and he feels like he's kind of useless you know what i mean Mm. That he's trying, yeah, and like all this other stuff going on, and these weird things. Like, yeah, there's he's internalizing a lot of this, partimentalizing it. You know, and like trying to like, yeah, I like that term, internalizing it a lot. That's exactly what he's trying. You know what I mean? Trying to do. So we'll say that you're all caught up time wise, and and we'll say it all leads to right now. You Wayne are like you know out of the library. You know what I'm saying? And walking out of the library, we'll, we'll take it on you right now, Wayne. I'm still in the library, just kind of uh, like going over the notes that I've I've taken. I don't know if I, I don't know. Can you like you can't print from the? Uh, no, you can't print from the marker. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I would have just had like notes that I've taken then, um, just looking over it. All right. Yeah. So you're actually you're probably we'll we'll take the scene like this as you're walking towards back towards the front desk and this lady's talking about you and you're trying to be polite because she's like, well, if you ever need any family tree help, feel free to come to me and blah blah. The Wilkesner family. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like thinking like I got like this fucking bomb of you know what I mean information here. And and as she finally walks off, you see Che come walking through the double doors. And, but when you look at Che, describe how Che is probably looking right now when he walks in. And, and Wayne sees him. Um, he's um, probably a little bit uh, disheveled, you know, just kind of threw on some something to wear, you know, maybe some like jeans and, and like a jean jacket and such. Since the, the way you described the day being is a little cooler um, and um, unkempt and, and kind of like 
like on the verge of, 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 of irritability, maybe. Like you can see, like, right, first, see. I don't know, like you can see underneath he's, he's just kind of, something's bothering him. Um, so when, when you get closer, I'm going to kind of, uh, take a look at you. Are you all right, buddy? You look like you just saw a ghost. I'll tell you about it in a minute. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I, I got your, your message. Uh, what, have you found anything else on this Charlie Dunn guy? I've been trying to look and there's, there's nothing. I can't find anything. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm getting tired of this crap already. <laughs> like I, I don't, I'm not good at this, this research stuff. I just, I dropped out of high school, man. Hey, take it easy, buddy. Sit down. Look, I, I accidentally stumbled upon a gold mine pretty much. Um, so oh, when I looked into the, the Welkstetters here, it turns out our Charlie is, uh, he's the right. younger brother of this really rich dude who, uh, who owns a lot of stuff around here. They're some kind of ranching family and they're, they own a lot of the real estate and stuff like that. So I think that's why Mike wasn't able to, uh, find this guy under Charlie Dunn and probably why you didn't have any luck either. This was the ticket right here. Like now we're cooking with gas. Let's, uh, let's talk about this outside. I'm, don't know if this is a good place. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. I'm gonna pack up my stuff and kind I of. I want to have them yelling at us for talking too loud. Yeah, follow Che out. Wayne, have you have you had any more of those uh, weird visions? No, not since what happened last time. Why? What? What's going on? I just, I keep seeing this woman, and it's starting to freak me out. Well, who is she? I, I don't. Do you know, know her? No. I don't, I don't know who it is. I, I've never seen this person before, and I just keep having these weird dreams. And I keep, I, I was jogging earlier, and I swear, I swear I saw her, but there was no one there. Well, I would tell you that, uh, you know, our minds often play tricks on us, but I think I've seen enough to know that, you know, could be something, something weirder is at the bottom of all of this. So, it's, it's just not as cut and dry as I had originally thought at first. Yeah. As you guys are standing out there, the wind, like you smell the autumn and the fall and the wind is coming. Like as you're standing there looking at Wayne, you guys are standing like right outside the, on the steps, right? You know? And as, you, as you're talking, you just feel like, like the weather is starting to get crisper. Not because of you talking, but you know, like it's really starting to hit you. Especially Che, when you're talking to Wayne, you see like his hair's kind of starting to become a little unkempt, like in the ponytail, you know, you see like some strands, you know what I mean, come by. Like, like you guys are talking about like these feelings of visions and you feel like that, that sense of, I don't want to use death. That's a little strong of a word, but you know what I mean? The sense of change that, that, that the fall, especially in North Dakota going into winter brings with it as you guys are standing there. You can hear like, you know, the wind a little bit, you know what I mean? As you guys are sitting there, you hear the paper on like his notepad a little bit, kind of like rattle a little bit as he's standing there talking to you guys. And it almost feels like you two talking at this moment, uh, a calmness and, 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 and a calmness and a sense of peace where everywhere else around there seems to be this, 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 this calamity. Am I, am I making sense by that? Yeah. Cool. All right. I just wanted to get that across because I totally picture the scene of you guys standing on the steps, you know, like no one else around, you know what I mean? You guys having this talk. So go ahead. Seems back on you guys. I apologize. You want to maybe find the other guys and show them your notes? See what you found. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I wanna wanna let everybody know about this. Hey, don't worry about it, buddy. We're in this together. All right. Yeah. And with him saying that, you do feel like a little bit of 
abate that that feeling abated a little bit. Like you feel like when you have a connection with someone, it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a piece that only sincere friendship can bring. Like you can have someone where you're having a bad day, like yeah, dude, I'm having a bad day, and somebody go, oh, man, that sucks, and and you don't get any kind of relief from that because you know they they don't really give a shit or they're not sincere. But then you tell someone, man, I had a bad day, and someone's like, oh, really? What's going on? You feel like there's a sense of caring, and that provides a little bit of relief. You feel that. In a hypersensitive type of way, though, when talking to Wayne, like you know what I mean, like this too. So we're all bad kids Which together. Yeah, yeah, man. Fucking, you're all like a Motley Crew together, man. Before Motley Crew existed, you know. So, what what do you guys? How are you guys going to tackle this? Um, so maybe we can. Uh, maybe I'll suggest that we go uh, visit Alex at the main. All right. Yeah, you'll probably be there. Get in touch with everybody. So I'll follow your lead. So you guys head to the main. Or you see Alex is sitting there. Alex, describe to them what they see when you come into the main. The whole bar or what Alex is doing? Like what Alex is doing. Yeah, yeah. They know the bar already, but like what, what like how his manners and how he looks and what is he, what he's doing and everything. Alex is behind the bar pouring drinks for everyone sitting there. He's chatting, being very friendly. Does not at all look like he's shaken from the night before. He actually seems unusually confident right now compared to what he's usually like. When uh, you guys are out and about and investigating. All right. Seems on you guys. Go ahead. I'm going to uh, take a seat at the bar and just kind of nod Alex. And uh, I'm going to – I won't say that I, like, brought the notebook into the bar with me because I think uh, at this point I can probably just go off of, like, what I remember. But, um, you know, when I when I can sense that he's not, like, very completely just, like, busy and bogged down with work and he has, like, a maybe, like, a quiet second or whatever, I'm going to – Tell him about what I found uh, with, when I was looking into the Welksteaders. I was say, the moment uh, he sits down, Alex will slide over and overturn shot glass, quote-unquote bubble, as we call them locally. That means you get a I'll, free drink. Uh, <laughs> I'll catch it as it slides down and uh, toss it back quickly. He'll, he'll, Alex will cock an eyebrow, shrug, and then put the shot glass back in the pile. <laughs> Oh, oh nice. By the way, it's not too busy. I just that's why I wanted to say because it's only like four in the afternoon right now, you know. Yeah, I mean and it's a Monday night, you know. So by the way, uh Michael, you're just getting off shift right now. You actually are stepping out, you know what I mean, of the of the station freshly showered. Thanking God you don't have to sit there and talk to that guy anymore or pretend like you give a shit what he thinks about as you're walking away. So all right, scenes back on you guys. All right. After uh Alex makes sure that all of his customers are taking care of. He'll walk over to uh, Wayne. Yeah. You guys don't want anything to drink, or? Um, sure, I'll have a beer. Nothing too heavy. I don't want to, you know, get started too early. All right. Any beer I'm in particular? Whatever. All right. Alex will grab a Bud, pop the top, hand it to him, and then Alex will pour himself a shot of vodka, slam it back. So how's it going? Uh, rough morning. Oh, what happened? Just uh, not resting well. I'm seeing shit. Reading me out. Have you had any more of those weird visions? Alex will sort of look down the bar at the regulars and look over his shoulder, see where his uh, co-workers are, and then he'll lean in. No, but I woke up freaking the fuck out this morning, afternoon. Just kind of, uh, Che just kind of nods and is like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm seeing things too. People that I don't even know, same one over and over, this woman. 
it's kind of after what happened before uh, at the house. I just stuff kind of makes me jumpy, you know. Yeah, I I understand. Welcome to my life for the past you know ten years. While you two are talking, I'm like off at the uh, cigarette vending machine thing that they used to have back then, where you could just buy a pack from like yeah, the yeah, little yeah. machine. I miss those things. You see a payphone there. Okay, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna try to give Michael a call uh, at home. Yeah, I'm yeah that's the only number you have. Yeah. You put in the change. Uh, you hear it drop down. Click, click, click. You hear like you know what I mean? You're pushing in the numbers, and you're kind of like shit. I remember these numbers, and especially back then, I don't know if it's like that anymore. I don't know if you, if you dealt with it anymore like that, but it's like back then when you remembered a phone number, that was like a big step. Like, oh shit, I remember their number. You know what I mean? It's like a thing of reflex. And that's kind of how you feel when you're doing it right now. Michael, as you're unlocking the door, you kind of hear your phone ringing as you walk in. Michael Gray speaking. Mike, what's up? It's Wayne. Listen, we're all down here at the main. Uh, I found out some more, some more stuff you'd definitely find interesting. So why don't you come down here when you're, when you're ready? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. We'll be hanging out here for a while. Okay, cool. I'll be there. You're going to, I think, it, like head over there then? Is that what you're doing right now, yeah. Michael? You get there in about 10 minutes. I don't know if you're – are you going to wait till he gets there to start talking or are you going to start talking? You know, I would almost say, though – and let me shoot this to the group, to you guys. I would say almost at this point, your guys' group feels like a, like you're becoming a nucleus. You know what I mean? That, like, you would know – it's, like, not even – it's, like, unspoken. That doesn't even need to be spoken that, like, hey – all of us should be here before we talk. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know what I'm saying? Like the sense of belonging and like being pieces of a, of a puzzle together. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this almost like unspoken? Like you guys are going to shoot the shit, smoke a cigarette and have a beer until you wait for their final piece to, sh- to show up. Am I incorrect in that? Or would you guys view it the same way? Or I, Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like definitely wouldn't start without him. Cause I mean, we're at a bar. We can just be drinking and stuff before then. Well, yeah, yeah. And, like and you I'll, said, shooting the shit. Yeah, and I want to articulate, like, also that you guys are starting to feel comfortable around each other. Like, almost like that moment that you and Che had. You know what I mean? The moment that Che and Alex had. The moment that you and Michael had, but Michael more so elbowing the shit out of his window when he's pissed off. You know what I mean? But, like, you're all, like, starting to feel, like, being magnetized. You know, that there's some magnetic center that's pulling you guys closer together, if that makes any kind of sense there. So, we'll say, Michael, you go ahead and head in the bar, and you see Che... And Wayne sitting on the bar, and you see Alex behind. Uh, how how how? What does Michael see when he comes in with you three? When it comes to mannerisms, how you guys are holding up and everything like that. I mean, like if he was to like read his body language of you guys, like what would the body language he he see go for from each of you guys? I'll have Wayne go first. Okay, I'll be sitting at the bar, um, elbows on the table, uh, with the ashtray in between, um, smoking a cigarette. Uh, definitely anxious, you know, like he's got like the sweaty hands. He's waiting for, for Michael to get there so we can kind of, um, I, I have big news I want to unload. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you see Mike, when you see Michael walk through the door, you probably like look like an eager kid, like, like about to jump out of his seat kind of thing. Right. When you notice him pretty much, I'm like, yeah, Michael's yeah. here, you know, like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Let's, and what about you, Che? Che's more, uh, relaxed now. Uh, he's, he's got a beer. He's uh, there's he feels like there's like a structure. People are working uh, together. We're gonna solve things together. This is it's not just something overbearing and pressuring him now. So he's probably yeah, yeah. than he was just just a little while ago. The, being here, that makes sense. Guys drinking, you know, he's he's in his groove. 
It's like a support structure, I think is the term. What about you, uh, Alex? Alex is in his element. He's very comfortable and confident right now, just slinging drinks and chatting with everybody along the way. So that's all you. That's what you see when you walk in, Michael. So go ahead. Seems on you guys. Yeah. Okay. So, hey guys, how's it going? It's uh, it's going. Looks like we got some big news. And I'll just yeah, kind of look at Wayne. So, Michael, you remember when you were trying wait to wait a second? Wait a second. I need a beer. I had the worst. <laughs> oh no! There's ever. probably one here waiting on him. I got this new partner, and he he just keeps on talking and. Talking and talking. Oh man! Ugh. Before I start ranting at him, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a chance to unwind. I think Wayne has kind of forgotten that he just got off of work, so. And he's a police officer, and that's a pretty stressful job. Yeah. When Alex exactly. hears, yeah. when Alex hears that you know about the new partner, he'll <laughs> pour Mike a shot and just set it in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you know, uh, just okay, okay. Let's do this. What did you guys find out? Okay, so you remember the other day when you were at the station trying to look into uh trying to look into some of these names and Charlie yeah. Dunn. It yeah, didn't turn up anything, anything, right? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Well, when I went to the library and I uh, checked out the microfilm of uh the Welkstetters, I found out that they're a uh, pretty big family around here um they own a lot of real estate they're uh, a rich uh ranching family so when i came across a picture of this uh kind of like the the head patriarch of the uh welkstetter family who died last month in a car accident uh-huh. or um was it last month or six months ago who died recently in six a car accident um i saw a picture of charlie and turns out Charlie is his brother. Charles Welkstetter is his actual name. Damn. Wow. Well, that puts things into perspective. Makes sense why we couldn't find him. It's a fake name, Charlie Dunn. Yeah. We're definitely getting somewhere now. You said you had some other things, too? So you found out the Welkstetter family we had talked about. They own a bunch of farm family. They owned a bunch of farming land at first and ranched. And that's how they first got into power in southern Bismarck. And then uh, they were able to sell a lot of the land in the 60s, 70s, and 80s and build real estate on there because of a garrison dam was built that kind of stopped the irrigation that made the land be able to be built upon. They actually had the first mall in Bismarck built called the Kirkwood Mall, and they sold it in 1984 for $40 million, which is an extravagant amount of money. Calvin Welkstetter was married to a lady named Miranda Welkstetter, but got divorced in 1979. The Welkstetter Ranch, which is a 30,000-acre ranch uh, that Calvin Welkstetter lived in, has been foreclosed after his death. Uh, there are rumors now that maybe he wasn't as well, good with his finances as everyone thought. The current estate is being fought over by Miranda Welkstetter and a group of people who represent the Welkstetter family, which is pretty much just Calvin Welkstetter right now. That's about it right now. So, so yeah, I, I will mention um... – the stuff about the other members of the family, Miranda Welkstetter, um, the, like yeah. the year that they got divorced. I'll mention the uh, that um, that he had this like estate that was foreclosed on, and I'll also want to mention. Uh, so when I went into the library and I asked the uh, the uh, the woman working there for help with the microfilm, she kind of lit up when I said Welkstetter. It's a it's a big name around these parts. It's a it's a well known family. And I just want to get that point across too. So. Great. Not only are they 
fucking weird. They, they, they're rich too. <laughs> That's what it looks like. We at least yeah. have somewhere to start now, where we can yeah, definitely. talk to them. Maybe they know where to find Charles. Yeah, you definitely. You even have a name now too. You can look up like a real name rather than who knows what 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 can be found out with that real name in itself. You know. Yeah. When is the when when are you supposed to meet with this reporter again, Michael? Because this is a lot of stuff we can give him. I gave you his secret uh, his secretary's phone number, didn't I? Yeah, you know, but I, I'm just supposed to just call it in, I guess. Um, you know, because he's a pretty busy guy, so I don't expect him to, you know, just stop by. Yeah, he said he was in California, like looking into stuff. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High-level games. The industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin at highlevelgames.ca Please help. They're coming.